We become a race of peeping Toms. Something happened. Something was happening. I had no idea. Where is her treacherous husband now? But in a place where she can visit if she wished. Mine! It's with the ancestors! I'm yeah, I'm drinking, Luann. How can you hold cake and not eat it? Oh, shit, you guys got coke here. Oh, my God, of course. I mean, I know to you I'm just your old fat Aunt Maddie Faye. I'm more than that, sweetheart. These are godless times, Mrs. Snell. You're all fucking boring. With your piddling grievances over nothing, you're all fucking boring. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? It's a tongue twister. <laughs> and my name is Colin Drucker, and oh, come on, Naya, stupid bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this script... I'm like, let's just start. Let's start this conversation. Oh. oh my gosh, I simultaneously like hated this movie, and but of course, did I cry at the end? Yes, I just that's the only way that I can describe this movie. Yeah, well, folks, you know, if if the Mary Oliver quote, or you know, the moment where Diana and I had called herself a stupid bitch for not being able to get a hotel door hotel room door open uh didn't give you any indication maybe the title of the episode did and if none of that did i'm here to tell you that today we are here to talk about best supporting actress nominee and podcast favorite jodie foster and annette benning respectively in 2023's naiad <laughs> yeah, nah, nah, yeah. Nah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know it's somewhere yeah we're still workshopping yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a little fresh yeah Oh my goodness. Well, so, you know, folks, as you know, it's, this is a great, this is, uh, Colin, this is your idea. I think it was a great choice, all, all things considered too, because we love Annette. We really haven't talked about Jody at all, if I can no. remember. And both of them are nominated for Oscars this year, so why not? Yeah, we love a, a Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress pairing. Yes. Um, you know, we got, we got two of those in All About Eve. Uh, just a couple of yeah. weeks ago, and you know we love from you know who's afraid of Virginia Woolf and etc. and so on. West Side Story down the line, and so while it is unlikely that Annette or Jody are going to win Oscars this year, I I came out of this movie feeling like for as much as the nominations matter, good, good because the two yeah. of them, the rest of the movie, you know, it is what it is. But the two of them easily you can no doubt can say they put their back into it for sure it's like uh that lucille bluth quote like good for her exactly <laughs> i feel like that's like yeah or good for them i guess too it's like yeah i there were parts where the script just totally like i i just couldn't believe this dialogue was happening and there's nothing worse it kind of reminded me of like the female version of like the revenant because i which i've never seen the revenant but it, i just imagine leonardo dicaprio just like crawling in mud screaming for three hours and he got an oscar too so it's just like there was so much of like oh my gosh i can't even watch this but i guess that's the point of this woman trying to swim from cuba to the florida keys but it's it was a journey it was a journey it was you know 110 miles uh yeah it was you know I wasn't like dying to see this and I I think part of it and I don't know why cuz it's like we love Annette and yeah 
we haven't, as you said, we haven't ever really talked about Jodie Foster, and we should. She's she. I think she is a a gem of of Hollywood. Oh, yeah. I think that she is on a shelf of her own in terms of just like Jodie. She's just like nobody touches Jodie Foster. She's just so fucking smart, yeah. um, and and so she deserves some recognition, and. You know, and we love women, and it's a movie about friendship, about two middle-aged women and their friendship. And it's like, well, you know, twist my best supporting arm. How bad could it be? But, you know, it was then also that feeling of like, and I, you know, I I can't quite put my finger on it, but but it's a Netflix movie. What is it about a Netflix movie that feels like someone left the soda bottle open and it's a little flat, you know? Yeah, it's the same way. The first thing that comes to mind is Marriage Story. Yeah. It's like, I mean, Laura Dern. Ugh. And like, I don't know what we're, I guess, I felt like I, I feel like I interrupted your thought, though. You continue. Sorry. No, no, I, I think it's, I mean, because that is certainly what was holding me back was like, uh, you know, yeah. you know, you know what a great example of like ugh, a Netflix movie is that movie with Sandra Bullock and, and Viola Davis where Sandra Bullock's like, tell her about me. Yes. And Viola Davis plays yes. like yep. the lawyer's wife. And she's got zero to do with the plot. But if you watch the trailer, she gets like the yelling on this on the front lawn moment. But if you yep. watch the fences, yeah, moment. Yep. But if you watch the movie, it's like, this is a lot of emotions for safe right now. Like you have, what, what are you so upset about? You have nothing to do with the story. Yes. And I feel like, this is going to sound like cunty, I guess, to say this, but like I feel, again, happy for these women, love them. I'll always be rooting for Annette to get her Oscar someday. But I feel like if we haven't really heard, like I've heard no one in my circle really talk about this movie. And, you know, there hasn't been a lot of like press that I've seen and neither of them have really been winning anything and sometimes that's for a reason but i don't blame them as actresses i just feel like the script needed some work i uh, like i just i didn't really find diana naya to be a likable person and i wish i could have seen more of her and bonnie's relationship out of the water i guess it was all just very shoehorned in and sort of like well that's diana she's a a hard ass like i get it like we get that within like the first five minutes but if you get you have if you have two hours of that you need to be able to see you know the softer side which we kind of do but it's i don't know that's kind of my jumbled way of <laughs> diagnosing this movie <laughs> the headline reads naiad treads water <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> Throw me a buoy, please. I mean, I yes, you know, and and that's the thing to you know to go back to like the Netflix movie, uh, you know, model. I think for a, a lot of those kind of movies that you see on Netflix or that are released straight to Netflix, even if it's like just a movie, like that's where it was distributed to, or like it was originally an independent movie, but this is just where the distribution is. It, yeah. I feel like I often leave these movies just a little bit underwhelmed or. It's a sum of its parts. It's kind of like you go to like a like a strip mall like Chinese food buffet and it's like, oh, the orange chicken was great, but the vegetables were all kind of slimy. Like I, and then and the ice cream, yeah. like I don't know what was wrong with the ice cream, but oh and the slices of cake don't even touch them, but the egg rolls. You know, and so it was like that's how I felt about this. Where I was like, Yeah, yeah, I mean like the story, the the script in and of itself 
is just kind of a, a packaging around this relationship between these two women, but it, it doesn't really hit the dramatic beats or it misses some of the dramatic beats that you would expect in this narrative. It misses some of the moments to really like emotionally catch you. And well, it still gets you in the end because how can you not get caught up in that ending? Um, there's also, I mean, there's also moments that I, I, I thought so often of Mark Donovan, a.k.a. Dublin Zoetrope, when, yes. when she was swimming with the ski mask on. And I know that that's real, but her bobbing yeah. that water with the ski mask, I was like, this is, maybe this is actually. Kind of nightmares. Yes, but yeah. is this not the campiest thing I've ever seen? Is a net in the water in a ski mask going, oh, jellyfish, oh, God, jellyfish. You know, like, I don't know why that's my yes. impression of Diana Nyad, but. Uh, no, it's good. It's but good. it was just. It was like, what is going on? And so I guess it's like that was the that was the orange chicken. You know, a Diana Nyad in a ski mask dodging jellyfish. That was the orange chicken. And Jodie Foster in those glasses, that was the egg rolls. But like the way they shoehorned in the flashbacks of that of that coach of hers and the abuse narrative, that was maybe the slimy vegetables, you know, or maybe that was the ice cream machine. Yeah. Is this is this tracking what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, because another movie that came out this year uh, straight to Netflix was Maestro. And I feel like there's some, I don't know, there's some sort of correlation between like Diane Nyad and Leonard Bernstein. Like the way that sometimes Annette's voice was like Dorothy's Bornak, like super low. Uh And it almost felt like it was taking away from the performance a little bit where I just wanted her to... I don't know, because there was, you know, th- there was potential for a really great kitchen fight. And I was like, yes, here we go. And it, w- it was kind of there. And Jody was kind of really outshining Annette in that scene a little bit. I'm like, but you got Annette Benning here. Like, this woman is better than this. I don't know. It It never... Yeah, I mean, I think we're just like going, not going around in circles, but like, you're right. It's just like it. some parts were really great and some parts were fine. Um, I just wish like A24 had this instead of Netflix, yeah. you know, well, something you know, like this that. is the second time we're getting blue balls by a kitchen scene. First, it's the holdovers, you know, oh, yes, leaving us on hold. And now we have, you know, Nyad and, you know, thinking of Nyad and Maestro, imagine if instead of Barbie and Oppenheimer, it was Maestro and Nyad and it was like Nyadstro weekend, you know, <laughs> Nyadstro. Yes, Nyad yes, that in a way, I kind of love that alternate reality because while I haven't seen Maestro, I've obviously seen I've obviously seen clips of Bradley Cooper with the shock of gray hair and the glasses and the ruddy skin, and then there's a net with the salt burns, not to be confused with, and 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 yes. the, and the you know the bleachy hair and and the you know raccoon eyes, and it's to like just to look at the two of them, it's like oh my god, look at the two of them. The two of them are are wringing themselves out for these movies, regardless of whether we like these movies. There's something to be said for the level of commitment that Annette Bening and Bradley Cooper have brought to these weirdo movies of these complicated biopics of, or the biopics of people who, who people have complicated feelings about, you know? I totally agree. Another movie I just thought of was Hillbilly Elegy. Remember that? Oh, that was a Netflix movie. Yes. And like Glenn Close, mm-hmm. it's like she got nominated for an Oscar and a Razzie, but Amy Adams is pretty great. Right. And I'm like, and yet another movie where it's like uh, based on a true story, 
or like real people, I would say. Yep. So I, yeah. But had a Netflix, Netflix feeling. Had a kind of like, hmm, huh, I think those vegetables were slimy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Amy Adams was good. You know, spring rolls. Um, man, I think I just really want to go to like a Chinese food buffet. I think that's. That sounds really right? good. Yeah. Oh, God. You know, like we've talked about this, but it is. Um, it, if I do not see little sugar donuts in a, in the in the buffet <gasps> in a in a tray somewhere, and I, then I'm leaving. Then I'm leaving. Yeah, and they have to be fresh. Yeah, they, they, I mean, there's nothing better than when they like. I think where I go first, I'm gonna get some rice. I'm gonna get some general sows. Um, I'm gonna get some lo mein, but only if it's fresh. Like I don't want you know if it gets weird. I'll sometimes go for some like green beans if they're like crisp, mm. you know, and maybe a crab rangoon, always an egg roll. Always. And that's my first plates. Yeah. What about you? Oh, yes. I think I love to start with an egg roll, you know, I, you know, or if they're little spring rolls, I'll start with a few of those. I love to, yes, I love to, to, you know, you know how like sesame chicken and general sauce chicken and orange chicken, they're all the same thing with different sauces. Yes. But I like to, you know, explore that situation. You know, I don't get crab rangoons as much as I should because how do you, uh-huh. how does one not? Like there, there's, I, I do like the little fried wontons, which I feel like is crab rangoon's sister. Yeah, for sure. Um, you get some duck sauce. Oh, there. absolutely. Yeah. Or, you know, it, it's like duck sauce's sister, that red sauce, that like sweet and sour kind of Ooh, red sauce. Ooh, the sweet and sour. That yep. stuff. Yep. That'll, yep. that'll, that'll get you. Um, you know, I, yes, I, I feel, you know, I never get like a low main or anything. I don't know why. I feel like I've just never like been wet. I've always felt like, uh, Greasy noodles. And maybe I've just had a bad look. I've had sure. a low, low main experience. You know, I've had a lot of lows <laughs> and not a lot of highs, you know? Yes. Yeah, I feel like low main is like every 90s movie, like a like a woman in an apartment is just eating low main out of the box. Yep. That's like all I wanted in yep. life. <laughs> Slurping it out of the box. It's late. Oh, I know. There's a lamp on. Oh, man. I'll tell you this. I don't have a way to prove this, but Chinese food in the 90s was so good. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so good. Oh, back in the day, let me tell you something. Chinese food in the nineties. That's I don't know what they I don't know what they were putting in there, but it was great. Yeah, yeah. but put more. Oh, delicious. Um well, yes. you know, more I I literally, you know, we might go back to this topic because I do actually have a lot to say about Chinese food buffets, but um we gotta <laughs> talk a little bit about Nyad. Uh and, and maybe the relevant topic is that at some point in the discussion of Diana's uh pursuit to swim from cuba to florida someone said oh she's gonna lose 20 pounds in the process and i was like sign me up like that was wild yeah you're telling me in two nights i could be below my goal weight oh <laughs> yes. that i uh, done get the goggles yeah give me the goggles get me that mask you know um yeah yeah oh my god i i was wowed by that but yeah i so for anyone who doesn't know and i'll tell you i knew the name diana nyad but i had not been like keeping up i was not a nyad head you know uh same i had no idea who this woman was actually like i've never heard of her so i'm going in fresh and i don't know how i missed it but i did yeah you know she just you know uh uh swam on by but anyway so she is uh decides at the age of 60 after a a storied career as i guess an olympic swimmer or just a swimmer what do i know about diana something like that yeah it wasn't clear okay to be honest here we go here we go imdb's got my back because i'm like why am i okay why tap dance when i can just you know 
do a color by numbers. Uh, the remarkable true story of athlete Diana Nyhad, who at the age of 60 and with the help of her best friend and coach commits to achieving her lifelong dream. Oh, we have covered this a 110 mile open ocean swim from Cuba to Florida. Um, so it's really about Diana's decision of like, uh, much like the quote that you opened the episode with from Mary Oliver, what are you going to do with this one wild and crazy, wild and precious, wild life. and pre- precious, precious yeah. life in which she wants to do is fulfill this lifelong dream of breaking the world record of swimming from Cuba to the Florida keys. And, uh, that's what she trains to do. And it is absolutely exhausting to watch. <laughs> It really is because I, I, what, what was, what were the, the total hours? Like for some reason, in my mind, it was like sixty hours or something like that. I think like, it was it, some, yes, days. it was something like that where it was going to be like she was, she was going to arrive on like the morning of the third day. Yeah. Oh my god! And there's so much that goes into it. I mean, I loved Bartlett, uh, John Bartlett as the character. His name is Reese. Iphens or Iphens? I, I yeah, probably saying that I've, wrong, but I liked him. Yeah, I've always avoided saying that name because I never knew how. Um, yeah, but he is, you know, I feel like because eventually, what they, they boy they go down to. I guess they first start training in Saint Martin, and then they maybe they go to the Dominican Republic. But at some point, they meet him down that away, and he like. Any movie where it's like some guy who now lives down in the Caribbean always looks like this. He's always got sunburnt skin and yellow kind of like mussy hair. And they just always look like there's just kind of like, oh, you've just been at the beach all day. And and they even though they kind of look like people like that look kind of weathered. I also think, oh, my God, at heart. You are so relaxed. I don't know. Like you're just, yes. you know, uh, in Margaritaville, you're just Jimmy Buffett, you know? Yeah. This guy very had like, um, like Chris Elliott energy. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? Like yeah. a little less buggy, but yes, like a, 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 yes, a little bit sure. more of a restraint. Cause I think he's actually British. Um, or he's from Wales. Excuse yes. me. He's from Wales. And then what was he was in, Wales. uh, it looks like he was in maybe one of those Lord of the Rings movies or something. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm look, let me look what this screenshots from. It looks like, Oh, House of the Dragon. Never mind. You're off the hook. Oh, it's the new one. Yeah. The, sh- the new show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, I think you're right, right? Yeah. Yeah. Lord of the Ra- then Yeah. Yes. Um, Look at us. And he was, I think he played like the funny friend in Notting Hill, which I've never seen, but I just somehow know that. I saw it a long time ago, and I, did, I don't know what all the fuss was about. Sorry to any Notting Hill heads out there. Wow. Wow. I know. And I really wanted to like it. I think I was doing theater in Connecticut and this guy um, said it was like the best fucking move, like rom-com of all time. And I was like, all right. So we all sat down and watched it and it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. You're just a guy standing in front of a movie going, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, Who produced this? Netflix? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just looking to see. Oh, I see. Yeah, Julia Roberts. You know, yeah, he played Spike in that. OK, well, there you okay. go. There you go. Now. Now we know we're we're, we're never going to do an episode on Notting Hill. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's maybe I was just in a mood. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. I maybe. feel like uh, I, I feel like 
I feel like we might have to roll the dice one day, you know, and just find out. So, folks, <laughs> yeah. watch the space. Julia Roberts month. Yeah, yeah, right? What if we did, like, a July Roberts? <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say July. July Roberts. Roberts. <laughs> um, I mean, we've already done Steel Magnolias, but when we've already done Aaron yeah, Brockovich, done, uh, yeah. we've already done My Best Friend's yes. Wedding. Uh, oh, my God, yeah. I mean... You've never seen Sleeping with the Enemy. It's not she's not really a best supporting actress, but this is no. Julia Roberts. We can talk about anything. Uh I've never seen yeah. Mystic Pizza. We could do Mystic Pizza in July. That'd be cute. I saw that a very long time ago as well, but I can't even remember it. So oh. yeah. Folks, you're what you're seeing how the sausage gets made right here on the Nyad episode. <laughs> you didn't expect that. I know. Look Watch it. out. <laughs> you never know when you're gonna see you're gonna learn something, you know? Um, that's right that's you right. think we just make this up as we go along no there's a there's a <laughs> rhythm to this dance okay yeah um well you know diane as you said uh there's a lot that goes into this there's uh there's john who you know keeps him on track with his little boat with his little you know bubblegum bubblegum shrimp boat uh there's you know the the cute australian guy with the with the tennis balls on the stick and the little and the little noise to scare away the sharks. I love the yeah. I love the CGI sharks. That was like some Discovery Channel realness. Oh my god! I know they were flying. That one shark flew through. The oh water. my god! Um, there's D who drives the boat and doesn't say anything till the end. You know. Yes. Uh, but yes. Uh, there's the there's the medic. Well, the the replacement medic after the first one gives her an an end said. Um, yes. This okay. This is a weird thing. So apparently, Diana Nyad, Nyad, Diana, is allergic to certain types of aspirin, and and Bonnie goes, she can't have anything with NSAIDs in it. I thought it was pronounced NSAID, like I thought, like it's an acronym, but I thought people just called them NSAID. I mean, that makes sense to me. I've actually not heard the phrase ever in my life, so I, I, I'll, I'll go with you on that one. Yeah, that seems a little much to say that out loud. Yeah, and listen, it is not outside of the realm of possibility that I'm saying things incorrectly. And that brings us to Bonnie's accent. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Go on, go on. Okay. I need to start this by saying that one of my big takeaways from this movie was my, a deep respect for Jodie Foster that like, Oh yeah. This woman has been in Hollywood since she was a, like a four year old. She has transcended a childhood acting career she became you know not just an adult you know star not adult star but like you know uh, an adult movie star but then <laughs> won oscars she's directed like she's she's got you know oscar nominations golden globe nominations and wins she's got the cecil b demille award you know at the golden globes like she's she's got no razzies she's got no stinkers because you know she's a lesbian she's a lesbian or at least queer yeah she's a yes. lesbian for god's sake and she's jodie foster i just think when you really think about you know the this pat this generation of hollywood it's like she came through it like i don't know uh she's she's too good for that world and has never stopped working yeah. has never stopped working and um i so i love her i have a lot of strong feelings but mm -hmm. it seems that sometimes Bonnie is from Canarsie and sometimes <laughs> she's from, you know, uh, uh, Dorchester, you know, Boston. And sometimes she's just Jodie Foster. And I just couldn't reckon with that. 
Yeah, it's so interesting because I I picked up the Boston and the Jodie Foster the most. I was like, oh, she's she's doing something here. But then the the moment I tried to focus on it, she was she was shifting into her next form. Yeah, I was like, all right, right. It was as if this had been like filmed at all these different times, and she had like chosen different accents during those different times. And I'm okay. I'm looking up. Bonnie stole and where okay life okay so she's was born and raised in Stamford Connecticut I mean I know Connecticut right. has an accent but it it has it's not that New Englandy I I would yeah and if it was like then it should be consistent but I I just felt like it was wavering and there were times where she was just you know Jodie Foster in flight plan and then she was like Archie Bunker and I just couldn't find the in between <laughs> and she's great in this but I just that that stood out and I feel like that's one of those things that it happens a lot where you know somebody has an inconsistent accent and I wonder is it just one of these awful things they figure out in post can they can they you know kind of do like ADR to fix it I mean if I can hear it and you can hear it, that's two people. Then, yeah, that's two people. I feel like you're you're onto something. Like I feel like who knows what, how they what order they filmed everything in? Because it, the same thing with Annette. There was one scene, and I can't even. I feel like she was on the telephone or something, or she was just standing there, and she dropped like a full octave, like full on Luanne de Lesseps. Mm. And I laughed out loud because it was so low. I was like, she's not been in this octave the entire movie. And now all of a sudden, all of a sudden she is. But, you know, if you're trying something and maybe you have like three weeks off in between shooting because you have to travel to Florida or wherever they film this, you know, um, you're bound to sort of forget these nuances. I, You know, like, was it that low or what? Because sometimes when... Uh, Annette was in the water. She was really bellowing out there. Another time she was kind of reaching that Annette Benning, you know, just normal pitch that we're used to. It's hard, I would imagine. I mean, it's, it. I hear that. And then I also feel like, isn't this just one of the basics? You know, the lighting's got, the yeah. lighting has to. Dialects are another story. Right. You're for sure. Right. For you sure. know, this is just one of those details where it's like, well, that's just. It's just your job. That's just what you got to do, you know? And it's the director's job yeah. to be like, hey, Jody, when we when you just did that take, you were not from Stamford. You were from, like, Pig Hollow. Like, I don't know where you were from, but you need to try that again. So, you know, I'm pointing fingers everywhere, you know? Uh, yeah, I feel... Oh, no, that's, I'm, just, I'm just judging everyone quietly on my little podcast. Yeah. Too. I feel like if they did have some sort of dialect coach on set that you the first thing you do in my experience is like you sit down with the scripts and you go through all your lines and you write it out phonetically or maybe you even have like your iPhone out and you record it just so you have that and you can just practice it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I expect more, Jody. Yeah. You know, I I'm half a mind to scroll through the full cast and crew. And look for who the dialect coach is and see what their IMDb <laughs> yes. picture looks like. Because, um, you know, I don't want to name and shame, but I definitely want to make sure, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm going to, oh, the hairstylist, very important. I'll it. say the hairstylist did a great job. Makeup artists, absolutely. I think they all deserve lots of credit. You know, part of me wonders if maybe the dialect coach doesn't want to be credited because they know that they 
dropped. Dialogue coach Jody Foster. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dialogue editor. Well, no, I'm going to say that. Okay, well, yeah. he's in the sound department. He's in the sound department. No, I mean, sound that's sound. They're just working with what they were given. Sound department, you're safe. You know, I'm just going through visual effects. You guys are safe. You could only capture what we can see. We know you're, oh, you're a lot of people in visual effects. Folks, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but it takes a lot of people to make a movie. And it just takes two assholes yeah. on a podcast to go, eh. Meh. <laughs> 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 nah. nah. Uh, I will say that the casting of Jodie Foster and Annette Benning is really spot on, uh, especially at the end of the movie and even a few times during the movie, they show the actual Diana Nyad. But I think Bonnie's stuff came later in the credits, but it's definitely a Jodie Foster type. And I will say Jodie Foster looked hot. Like she was ripped. Oh, like, I think. Yeah. Like this role suits her well. Like I love her in that sort of like tank top shorts combo <laughs> oh my god she was so fit i mean and the tank top and then like the sort of board shorts and and yeah. those glasses i was just like i god lesbians i just i i i don't know if i were a lesbian i don't know what my like type would be but i wouldn't dislike a girl who looked like that i can tell you that much yeah, I'm waiting for two dykes and a mic to like give their official naiad. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yes. uh, I did find the dialect coach for specifically for Jodie Foster and Reese uh, Ethans Ethans credited credited just below the COVID test scheduler. Trying to hide over Yikes. here. Yeah. Um. Listen, I I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Elizabeth Himmelstein. We're gonna all right. Gonna eight, Liz. Liz, Liz Heimelstein. If it's oh, she's you're gonna love this. She was in it. She was an additional crew member in Fargo, on Fargo. Oh, the TV show or the, the movie? movie? Oh, nice. Listen to this. She was the dialect coach on the White Lotus. She was the oh, dialect what, coach what? on the Iron Claw. Wow, she's got she's got credits. She was Emily Blunt's dialect coach in Oppenheimer. She was Barbie's dialect coach in Margot Robbie. <laughs> Went the other way around. In <laughs> <laughs> Margot Robbie, yeah, oh, that's interesting. Then, yeah, this okay, this woman is the dialect coach to the stars. She was. Someone's dialect coach in the movie Rustin. How do you like that? He, she even was. I saw Rustin. You saw great. Rustin. Well, you you've seen her work. She worked with Jacob Elordi wow. and Kaylee Spaney and Priscilla. I mean, I could go on all day, but I'm going to stop. She's going to be in. Three, she's she's going to be helping out with three upcoming projects. So I don't feel bad, frankly. And and honestly, her IMDb picture is a, a car selfie. <laughs> Yikes. I'm gonna set. I need to look it up. Elizabeth Himmelstein. H i m e l s t e i n. Folks, this is important. And if you're like, what are they talking about? Google it. Go look up her IMDb picture. Oh, it is. It's literally like she's waiting in her car while her husband picks up the order that they got from they got to go from Macaroni Grill. She's like, let me get a quick picture of myself. Wow, she has some great credits. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I don't feel guilty holding a, her to a really high standard. I don't even blame yeah. Jody. 
Maybe Jody just didn't want to follow the instruction. I don't know. Maybe. We'll never know the story here, but really it's it's a mystery, I guess. But yeah. But I do think um going back to just Jody Foster in general too in this movie, it's like I wish I really wanted to see more of I guess I'll talk about both of them like more of that friendship because there's just so much that Bonnie has to take in this movie like you kind of see her fight back a little bit but I again it's like I I just wish there was a little bit more of that mapping out in order for us to like Diana more like I can understand that she's a hard ass but like i'd rather see like a quiet miranda Priestley type of hard ass that maybe yells once in a while rather than like her first lines in the entire movie being like all the world is soft and what am i supposed to do just sit around here and rot away it just like immediately turned me off from her and i can like like i could understand like the, the intention of like oh we're going to show her warts and all you know and that like the real diana is not a really mm-hmm. likable person and like i can i can get together with like showing her for who she really is and i feel like that's why like bonnie i mean i'm sure the real life bonnie has her her own quirks but like bonnie is so likable in this and is so relatable and i think it's in some ways to like give us somebody to like cling on to but it you know certainly the movie is about diana and you know th- th- given all of the work that annette did she like trained for a year for this role so like yeah. i certainly wanted to get the screen time but there is a version of the story that is or a way of telling the story that is focused on bonnie with diana as kind of like a supporting character like the idea of like Bonnie's always out there in the water and you can always hear her hands hitting the water, but the movie's really about Bonnie. Like that's an interesting take on all of this. Um, yeah. That maybe would show us what you're talking about where it's like, you know, ultimately Bonnie is in this movie and in this narrative and even self-admittedly, um, you know, for Diana and like, you know, as, as she tells, I think John, she's like, you know, this is this is an opportunity for me to like get that that high that I used to get from playing, and um, you know, when I like this is my, this is a way for me to f- get that sense of achievement is to help support her, meet her goals, and help her meet her goals. It's like, I guess it. I want Bonnie to have her own story, but I also feel like the truth is like that is the truth for a lot of people. Is like my success is your success at this point. Like I'm part of the team. Yeah. Yeah, like the line of um Diana's the CEO, but you know, everyone's still a part of the team. It's like she is and I think I kind of liked the running bit of anytime Diana gave a speech, she, you know, the woman loves to talk about herself. I don't think she's a stranger to like being the center of attention, I guess. And Bonnie's always there to kind of knock her down a peg or be like, "All right, all right, all right." But I did want that kitchen scene to be like I just wanted Bonnie to like throw a plate against the wall. Oh, and be like, yeah. I gave up my whole life for you. Yeah, like that's all I do. Everything I do is for you. I always want. And you don't that. even say thank you. Yeah, yes, I always yes. want that. I when there's a kitchen that big, and actresses that great, and lighting that good, I just want someone to throw a plate against a cabinet. I that's all I ever want in those scenes. <laughs> yes. Oh. You know. Yeah, just like the energy. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just, I was just thinking of like, where have I seen that? But of course, Sissy Spacek in the bedroom. I just, that, that, that's the catharsis I'm looking for. 
Yeah, or like to throw it at her and she ducks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I got traded to Racine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like the, that's what I yeah. want. That's what uh, I want. It all comes back to A League of Their Own. A Everything of their I own. want is yeah. in A League of Their Own. <laughs> so true. Um, but yeah, I mean, I... And then that's, I, I just keep going back to the kitchen scene because everything that Diana says to Bonnie is just like, well, tough, tough, toughen up, kid, or whatever. Like, she just doesn't feel like, like, why is Diana, oh, not Diana, why is Bonnie, I guess it's their friendship. Like, we're, we're meant to believe that they've been friends since they were 30, but she's had enough. It's like, why are you sticking around with her? Like, why do you go back to her time and time again? Um... But I guess, you know, they're friends and that's it. And you got to just suspend your disbelief, I guess, because it's a movie and that's how it goes. Well, and I think, like, I love the fact that they are friends and that while they, like, briefly address the fact that, sure, we dated for a little bit at the beginning, like, ultimately, you know, like, so many queer people, it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. We dated for, you know, a few times and now we're friends. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, (laughs) I'm sure there are lesbians out there that can say, oh, yes, I've heard of this concept. And so I think what it does, it it does frame the relationship in that kind of that thing about a friendship versus like a relationship where you look at it it, with a a movie about a relationship. It's very easy to be like, oh, at what point does the supportive spouse be like, oh, I just can't take it anymore. And there is kind of that like understandable breaking point because the other person isn't meeting their commitments to the relationship or the other person isn't pulling their weight. But I guess because they're friends, it's so much more elastic. Like there is no set mm-hmm. expectation of like how much one has to be one role versus the other or meet certain needs. Like it's so much more independently defined. And I mean, certainly it like makes me want to know more about how that friendship developed and who Bonnie is. But I guess, you know, we do kind of see like Bonnie's like she's kind of a like sort of a people pleaser and like she puts herself out to support others and i i kind of like that that's just what it is they're just imperfect people and sometimes we see that with relationships but i think you certainly see it with friendships where um i don't know i always think of this like this little drawing or this little like this little framed thing my grandparents had on their wall so i think someone gave them for their anniversary or whatever and it was like you know, relationships are like a duet. One sings while the other claps, you know? Ooh. And I feel like yeah. Diana sings and Bonnie claps. Yeah, because it's, there's that, I really did like the line of when she finally does go back to Diana for the, like, for the, you know, before they actually succeed, where she's like, I tried doing it on my own, doing things on my own, and it just wasn't the same. Because, like, her life was Diana. It's like, what does she have to go back to? Yeah. And Diana was struggling too because she didn't have Bonnie uh, as her anchor, pun intended, yeah. in ways. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I sort of love that. And I feel like there are not that many movies out there that are showing the real complexities of like a relationship of like two women, you know, in, in their 50s or 60 or whatever. Like, to that respect, I was like, yeah, I don't, I feel like to see this kind of relationship and there's, it has nothing to do with a man, you know, like I guess that whole like Bechdel test or whatever, like this movie would pass it with flying colors. Uh, yeah. And, and so like, I, I can appreciate that. Like, you know, even if some of the vegetables on the buffet were a little slimy, Oh boy, was that sesame chicken crunchy, you know? <laughs> yes. It is an inspiring movie. I mean, I, I cannot imagine swimming that long 
at all. I can't imagine doing anything with as much passion as Diana and I had Nyad has for swimming. Like I oh my gosh. I mean I would be on top of the world if I had that much motivation. Oh my god, it, it just it was exhausting to watch because I mean you gotta give it to Annette. Like she trained her ass off to be able to do this and she really I mean like I think in the way that I think it's really it's a good reference point to bring up like Leonardo DiCaprio and the Revenant and you know a lot of men do these kind of full-bodied like performances and get a lot of praise for it and I think Mm -hmm. Annette I love Annette you know I all I I do is think about Annette and then the American president and I just yeah boy was that an awakening thank you for bringing that into my life because she is yeah Oh man, like there's no there's no greater charisma than Annette Benning and the American president. And so like our Annette doing this, I'm like, oh God, thank, I'm so glad she's getting an Oscar nomination. They don't matter at all, but good for her. Um Yeah. You know, but uh I don't even know my point. I was just singing the praises of Annette and I don't even know where I was going with it. <laughs> That's okay. It's a I lot mean, of I swimming. Feel... <laughs> it's a lot of swimming. That's right. <laughs> It really is. I mean, when I saw that this was two hours long, I was like, all right. And but I guess I didn't know that she they failed four times. Yeah, same. I was like, oh, boy, we're already guess we're going to be doing a lot of swimming in this movie. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, watching this, it, it did. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, vicariously, I was like, oh, man, I feel so like I feel like I need a donut. I've been working out. Uh <laughs> but it it do, it did remind me that there is a certain like a exhaustion slash exhilaration after a good swim, and yes. I I thought it was a worthy conversation of like I could see a world where like you and Keon go to the Y on Wednesday nights for adult swim. Like I see a world where that <laughs> would happen. Is that oh I would love right? That. Like is that a is that a possibility? I just feel like you two would do that. I mean, it sounds fabulous, but um, I think there probably is a pool somewhere near us. I'm imagining, but we'd have to get in the car. It's like, oh, if I if I can't walk there, then I don't want to go. Oh, yeah. But um, I feel that Keon likes a good swim. I really like swimming. I was never on the swim team or anything like that, but I I, I consider myself a decent swimmer. But I um i would love if we had like a pool nearby that had like multiple lanes because i think the the risk with going to any pool is like there's kids there especially a public pool like mm-hmm. i would love like some sort of olympic sized pool to myself that i could just swim because it, it feels like it'd be good exercise but even like the times like the couple times i went to the gym in college they had a great pool and I was like, whoa, swimming is fucking hard. I'd be like sweating after doing like two lengths of the pool. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Well, you know, the thing with the idea of like going like at an adult swim, certainly no kids get out of here. Uh, but yeah. um, it's like one of the things that I think about. It's sort of part of my suburban fantasy, because I guess there were places like this near where I grew up. There was like there was this one place. It was this like fitness club called The Club at Woodbridge. Woodbridge was like the town. Ooh. And as a kid, of course, it seemed enormous and it was probably big, but not as massive as it as I pictured it when I was eight. But there, some kids would have birthday parties there because there was a whole kind of like, you know, wreck area with like kind of like a jungle jimmy kind of things and gymnastics things to jump around on and then there'd be a little party room for pizza but there was a big indoor pool and like 
there was just it had that kind of like indoor pool chlorine smell and had a lot of low lighting and of course there was like dads in the locker room so it's also like formative Mm -hmm. in that respect and I guess it all just like wraps up in this like suburban fantasy of being able to go to the Y on a Wednesday night for adult swim and it's not too crowded and you get a good swim in and you see some naked dads in the locker room and it just sounds like a really nice night. (laughs) It does. I mean, I totally know what you mean by that chlorine smell, but yeah, I, I would love that. Yeah to have access to I would that, love yes. that and then I and then sure maybe I even have to get into my car and you know what it's fine because I live in the suburbs and I drive 5 minutes home and I still smell like the pool maybe I don't know maybe not um but then I'm just then I got a pool high on you know what I mean and yeah and I saw those naked dads so I got I got so much they got so much from my experience you know <laughs> I, I I love it. I love it. I there was something that you I thought you were actually going to go into this conversation, which I um I feel like other people on other podcasts have, or there have been memes about it. Um, when you are swimming in the summertime and your mom brings out some sandwiches and some potato chips, and how good it tastes, and sometimes you put some potato chips on your sandwich, and it just hits differently in so many ways. Maybe get a Coke. Capri Sun mm-hmm. on the side. Have you ever experienced oh, that? Of course, like a, a ham and cheese and Doritos sandwich with Ugh. yep with a side of Ruffles and a and a red juice of some sort. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Where you know it, it? Yes, it's all and it's that thing. It's that thing of like you've been swimming all day and then have have we talked about on this podcast how when I was a kid we used to go to the Grand Centurions Pool Club. I think maybe we did. It sounds familiar, because you and I on, talked yeah. about having on the on the after show. We talked about having above ground pools as kids. Yes, and then my, yep, yep, and yep. we eventually we went to the Grand Centurions, and you know whatever we were like the poorest people there. But it was that same feeling of like lots of swimming, exhausting yourself, and then either digging into the the packed the packed snacks that um, my mom and her friend June, rest in peace, would bring. Uh, oh, in the cooler. Geez. Yeah, June's part of the of the Grand Centurion memories. Um love that. Or there was a snack bar where you get like the fries in the cup and you get a little slice oh, of pizza and all yes. that. And there's just even if it's not good, it's it's so good. It tastes better with some wet chlorine hands holding the hot dog. Yeah, you know? like some wet like not wet lips, but like you know your face isn't completely dried yeah. off. So some of the water's dripping down. Oh. I know exactly what you mean. Yes. Towel over yes, your yes. shoulders, you know. Oh. oh. I know. I, I can't wait for the summer. I know. I I don't think, I, I feel like I've never said that in my life, but I'm ready. I feel like we need to figure out how to recreate this feeling. Like I don't know how. Let's go to the Florida yes, Keys. Yes, that works for me. I was be like, maybe there's like a water park. No, let's just go to the Florida Keys. And then let's think about <laughs> taking a swim. Maybe just a little swim. I mean, it sounds fabulous. I And I, I don't know. I, I've, I follow a couple TikTok like travel luxury people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there's an all-inclusive in the Florida Keys, but they definitely have some. I mean, it's beautiful down there. Like the water is like crystal clear. They have like these cabanas that are amazing. And I know that um, is it. I don't know if it's Rachel from Two Dykes and a Mike. She went with her, I guess now fiance to the to Florida to the Florida Keys, and she had a great time. So I'm intrigued. Gay friendly, gay friendly. of course. Yeah, yeah I'm. I've actually yeah. I've been intrigued by the Keys. I feel like it might be. It could be kind of nice. Maybe. Yeah, that sounds lovely. All right, watch out summer. Maybe a little best sporting vacation. 
Um, yeah, or maybe in April when it's not too yeah, hot. Yeah, well, I was like, summer will be so cheap, but you're right. Like, we don't have to live like that. It Too hot. Too hot. Because I've gone to, like, yeah. Florida in June, and it's just like, oh, this is why no one goes to Florida in June. Yeah, that'd be a yeah. Um, Oh, but I just, I just... Oh man, I want uh, you know because obviously, folks, if you're li- you're listening to this and it's you know uh, the dead of February, we're we are we're Diana in the box jellyfish, you know, at this point, like in when it comes to winter, <laughs> like we are yes. really just having to push through. I cannot see the Taj Mahal at the end of that, you know, yellow brick road <laughs> like Diana yes. could. Um, so just yeah. This this episode might be more about us fantasizing about summer vacation than it is talking about uh, Annette, Annette Benning getting salt burns on her lips and uh, oh, Bonnie God. sometimes kind of sounding like she's from Connecticut. I don't know if that sounds like yes. Connecticut. Um, <laughs> uh, well, other than Bonnie and Diana and John, I mean, the other characters on the boat, really, there's really no one else that is like really featured in the movie. I was looking at the cast list and it was like the third listed was like some woman named like Camille or Candace. And I was like, who the fuck is Candace? <laughs> yeah. I feel like maybe I wanted to see Diana interact with the real world. I wanted to see her have like an agent of some sort, mm. like, cause even when she was advocating for herself to get those brand deals and stuff, it's like, she's like and suddenly they just had the money to do it like it just felt like that there was a disconnect there oh uh, they, yeah. they got a little bit of a sponsor but like i i don't know i just wanted to see her meet with like a suit or mm-hmm. something like that and like have because even when her first when she first meets with john which i actually really liked that scene like the idea that john's like listen bitch like you're not going to survive out there. Like there's more to this than just like swimming across. Like you have to think of the currents. And I, I thought it was interesting. And the fact that she kind of needed him, um, but that's really all we get. We don't, and he's just, you know, like some, some guy with the boat, not some guy with the boat. He's obviously very smart, but you're right. It's like, we don't, those relationships with the other people on the boat, they're just, I just wanted more of that. Yeah, and I guess just yeah, that idea of like Diana in the world, and and who knows, maybe she, you know, maybe the idea is that she doesn't really make connections with anybody else, and so we're supposed to feel that isolation. I don't know, but um, the only real character that I, we kind of return to a few times is in flashbacks to her coach Jack Nelson, um, who's played mm-hmm. by Eric T. Miller, who was in Mayor of Easttown. Oh, he played one of the dads. He plays like one of the girls dads he throws a jug of milk through a window at one point um oh i remember yeah that. Mm-hmm. and he looks like a mean jason sudeikis <laughs> yeah i could see right. that for like sure. i could see them him playing like jason sudeikis is like mean brother um yes yeah. but uh yeah he i was like where do i know this guy why is this guy why does he make me feel like he's why do I not like this guy? So it was good casting because I already didn't like him. And so when they cast him as her coach, I was like, oh, that's weird for him to be like this coach from her memories. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, good casting because he is an asshole. Yeah, the flashbacks. Yeah, yeah I, I think that was one of, I, I wouldn't say it was a big problem, but I was having some trouble figuring out what was what was the drive for all of this besides just being a motivated person. Like she talks about her dad. Mm-hmm. who was Greek. Yes. Yes. Who we find out wasn't really her biological father. Like 
which seems like a big detail, right? It's like that they just kind of threw in there. Like, but like, very was randomly. she doing it for him? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just like she was so adamant about doing this. And I understand like the point of never giving up, but I was, I just wanted to know like her why. What What's your why, Diana? Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess it, it, I guess it did all kind of start with her father and just encouragement from him. But I feel like the fact that her coach kind of kept coming up in this journey, like the fact that that it was like somehow that was also taught. It was like, I felt like the movie was making this connection between as she pursued this thing, she was at some point being forced to confront her demons. And I, and I felt like there was a connection being made there as if she was going through some kind of like therapeutic experience, but I, it didn't all fully connect, you know, that like, like I like the idea that as Diana was pushing herself past the brink of what she was capable of, what that boundary included was some of her, her most traumatic memories. And I thought that's, that's an interesting concept, but I think I'm having to really put those pieces together to make that work. Yes, and I think that might have been my most disliked scene is when, I don't know whose house they're at, Diana's or Bonnie's, and they're sitting on that bench because, like, Diana's just trying to get a hold of Bonnie because they fought for Mm -hmm. a while, and then eventually she just shows up at her house, I think, and she, and Bonnie says, did you hear that, is it Jack Nelson, is that his name? Yeah, yeah. Jack Nelson passed away and she, there's some, like, sort of throwaway line about, yeah, well, he's still in the Swimming Hall of Fame, even though all of us came out and spoke out about her. I'm like, well, what's that about? Like, that sounds, and she's like, but it didn't get to me. And then like, all of a sudden she's crying in her arms. <laughs> was that the same yeah, scene? Yeah, well, that that's the thing is like, we. I was like, this is a lot. Right, we kept getting these like flashbacks to that. And then the conclusion of it is like, kind of an this like expository dialogue to tell us that he's dead. And like, again, it'd be easy to kind of interpret this as like, isn't this what reality is, is that you don't really get closure and something like that. And then all of a sudden you're just left to these feelings. Like I could recognize that there is like a narrative there where that makes sense, but it didn't work in the movie. I think that the concept, the idea that like you, you don't always get closure and, and this can be how it all happens and someone can stay in the hall of fame and, still be an asshole and still be, you know, a, a, an abuser and, and now be dead. But it, it felt like, Ooh, the movie forgot like that. And her telling Bonnie that she wasn't really, you know, her father, you know, she wasn't Aris's real, you know, blood related daughter yeah. felt like the movie forgot and had to like squeeze these things in before the finale. You know what? I think I agree with everything you just said. Like I, I think Diana needed a therapist. We needed mm. to see like, Rosie O'Donnell play her therapist or, or something. Joanna Gleason. Oh yes, glasses. We need someone yeah. to just like sort all that out mm-hmm. because you know because again it's like that would explain maybe not the entire why of why she can't like give this up and you know there is like a lot like even just getting older and realizing you know, that you're sixty like that alone is kind of motivation enough to kind of make this big choice to to try it again. But you need someone to bounce that off of besides Bonnie. I feel like there just needed to be someone else. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, and I feel like I'm the naiad forgive, you know, apologist, but it's like devil's advocate. It's like, or is the movie trying to show that like to do something this crazy, you need to have 
you basically need to you have to swim through delusion which is ultimately what she ends up doing is swimming through hallucinations to get to her destination yeah and i'm not saying i disagree with you i i don't even know why i'm defending the movie i guess i'm just like because all of these like explanations i'm coming to i don't think are being shown in the movie i feel i'm just trying to interpret Mm -hmm. i'm just trying to take what we've been given and say no 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 vegetables aren't too slimy you just have to move them around a little bit mix them with the rice (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. no i Um, i appreciate that view too yeah but i yeah no but but ultimately i don't think those points were being made in the movie i think they're being made in the interpretation after the fact yeah because what was the um I don't want to say the inciting incident, but like she had the birthday party and what, what happened after that? Like what, what was the, was it the quote or like what they were playing ping pong, but what happened right before ping pong? My mind is like, well, I know like that what made her decide. Yeah. Cause I know that she like gets back in the pool and she goes swimming and. Oh, that maybe that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, you know, you know, I, I think she just was a, girl who decided exactly to go for it. <laughs> i think she was just a girl who decided to go for it i think that's exactly what it was yeah um, i love it and and i think to that to that point the movie is you know like that's what it is it's not i don't think the movie is really anything more than just the story of diana naya deciding to go for it you know like i think there's all these other themes that we could pull from it you know and certainly the triumph of the human spirit and um you know and pushing yourself past you know and all of that like there's all of that that's there and that's in all of these movies from rudy to you know uh your favorite movie remember the Mm -hmm. titans you love that movie of Um, course of course it's in all of these but i i think where naya shows i think to maybe deliberately just really focus on you know or more so focus on on diana and bonnie's relationship i think some of those like underdog triumphant you know uh sports movie tropes even if they are a little tropey they get you where you need to go in these movies they build you up they 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 get you so that by the time you do get to the 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 big conclusion you're like you know, in tears and and feeling all these feelings. And I felt like, yeah. um, Yeah. I just felt like Nyad was missing some of that. And I don't think it was Jody and Annette's fault. Nope. I think Elizabeth Himmelstein certainly takes some of the credit. (laughs) Dialect coach. (laughs) And the stars. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a clunky script, but well, and I guess this was the, the writer of the script, because I'm just calling out names, Julia Cox. This was her first feature length, per, you know, script. And All right, Julia. I mean, yeah. So maybe, you know. I mean, the, the pieces that worked, worked. Yeah. So, but I, it's, yeah. And I think. It's like the first pancake, but it was a good pancake. Hey. But no pancake. But no pancake. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. And I think it may even be the directorial debut in terms of like a feature film for the directors as well, or, or maybe. Oh, that's cool. Earlier in their careers. Um, so, you know, I think, I think they all put in a good effort, but um, I don't yeah. know. Uh, yeah, it looks like they, they, they did a few other things. So maybe that's not true, but it certainly is the writer's first script. Um, and it shows no pancake. Um, and it. 
<laughs> but no, pancake. I wish we would have seen one final shot of Diana just having like a margarita like a week later. Oh, <laughs> man. If they, if you they know? just showed uh, her. What would I eat? Yeah, like on a, on a little um, porch, a little key like a hammock. You yeah. know, fish shack, and she's got she's got you know uh, a margarita. They've got queso and chips. You know, she's lost like twenty pounds in that water. My God, just shovel in the chimichangas. You know. Yes. Oh my God, that's what I would always think about. Even if I, I would never run a marathon, but I would I would want and dream about what I would eat or drink afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, it's almost worth it. It's almost worth it to do all that work. Just so I can eat like that. Just just for once, <laughs> yes. you know? Um, yeah, right. Like we're not doing that every yeah, day anyway. Yeah, right. Or at least me. Yeah, it's like, oh, no, <laughs> I absolutely, I I don't know. We, maybe we'll talk about it in the after show, but sometimes I get on Grubhub, and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm getting everything I want. I'm getting two entrees. I need <laughs> leftovers. I want to try a little bit of everything, and that's it. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, well, did you have any other feelings on uh, on Nyad or Jody or Arnett? Um No, I, happy for both of them. Again, I I feel like it was a wonky movie. It was a Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love these women. I am inspired, and uh, that's all. Yeah, and and I, I am considering the possibility of potentially moving to the suburbs so that I can go to an Adult Swim. On a Wednesday night, yes. uh, and check out dads day. in the locker room. Well, it smells like chlorine. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> mm. You know, after a while, it Yum. becomes this Pavlovian thing. Then, whenever I smell chlorine, I'm just gonna be like, "Ooh, ooh, ooh I'm all jazzed up." Thinking hot yeah, dads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are the hot dads? Where are the hot dads at? You know. Okay. Okay. Where are the hot dads? Oh. <laughs> I think. Talking about hot dads on the Nyad episode, nobody expected it, but it is truly the cue for us to be played off. I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think so. I think once once the story of Diana and Nyad swimming from Cuba to Key West devolves into hot dads, we gotta get the hell out of here. We got Yeah, I gotta go. Uh, so, uh, where, other than the club at Woodbridge locker room, where can folks find more of you? <laughs> They can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast, or you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kochanov. How about you? Well, you can find more of me on the other, my, the other podcast, my other podcast, All Right Mary, <laughs> where we are currently covering season 16 of RuPaul's Drag Race. And you can find me on Instagram, Colin Trucker underscore. And of course, you can find more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Instagram at BSA Pod. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. And I hope those peeper yours just keep swimming because the best supporting after <laughs> show is a common and they better be peeled because we have a lot to catch up yes. on. I have a, a, a little list of things that I need to talk about. Ooh. Um, we obviously, we're going to chat about the BAFTAs. You know, we're going to maybe yeah. talk about uh, a movie that I saw, an Oscar contender that I, I finally saw. Um, Oh yeah, 
you know, there's so much, there's so much and so much more. Uh, and if you want to hear us, you know, catching up on the best supporting after show and all the things we've been watching and doing and eating, you want a whole extra episode every single week, a whole extra episode every single week, and you get early access to this episode, you would get all of that for five little dollars, just five best supporting dollars. And that would all be at patreon.com slash pod. What more could you ask for? Yeah, come on. Come on. We're not we're not asking to go from Cuba to Florida. We're just asking to go to Patreon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, links in the <laughs> description. Uh, anyway, I think it is abundantly obvious and abundantly clear that you and I need to get to pre-owned lease to edit yourselves and Ruth and Cheryl and get the hell out of Stepford. I've got the margaritas. Let's yeah, go. I got the chimichangas. Um, <laughs> and that, as they say, is that.